0: Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at TNTradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. The conversation continues continues with Dean Mackin on today's News Talk, TNT
1: Radio. And welcome back. Something I immensely enjoyed doing yesterday was a little bit of talk back. and we'll be doing that again uh, in about uh, 15 minutes or so, 15, 18 minutes, if you will. So if you uh, want to get your phone ready, if you want to get uh, on air and have a bit of a chat and tell us what irks you or just to ring up and say Merry Christmas to everybody. You can do that. We'd love to do that. We'll be talking to the wonderful Gemma Cooper very shortly as well. And Alicia Rose, who is a psychologist fighting abuse uh, abuse in youth detention, and a lot more. She's got a lot to talk about, and we'll be chatting with her in the second half of this hour. Now, we had a bit of a, a glitch at the beginning, so I didn't get to to talk about what I wanted to, so I'll do that now. And it comes to uh, Vladimir Zelensky. And I did say we had that term for the kid that came up and said, mate, can I have half of your cake? Can I have half of your sanger? You know, back in the day at school, And I'd say, well, I can't repeat the first word. Elon Musk can say it to his advertisers, but I'd say that, followed by, um, go away, you scab. I would say that. It was a word. It was a thing we said at school, and I'd forgotten about that word because I don't really see that many people doing it. Certainly, I'm not a victim of that, not that I ever was, but um, it immediately came back to my mind when I read this story about a new age, current day scab if you will. And that is Vladimir Zelensky. He's over there in Washington, and he's uh, asking for more money. More money, not much, not much, just about $60 billion, only half of what he wants. But that's what he wants imminently. That's what he needs now. He needs to break that deadlock between the politicians over there, some of which say, yeah, sure, take it, go and protect uh, our mate's assets. And that's what it's about. It really isn't about anything other than that. And here we have people such as Vladimir Zelensky saying that what we're really fighting isn't the Russians. What we're fighting is freedom. And I would argue the absolute opposite is true. We've got Tara Reid, who is a whistleblower against Joe Biden, a wonderful woman, absolutely wonderful woman, who I have interviewed here several times. She has had the flea to live over in Moscow, I do believe, as a result of not getting a fair uh, shake of the stick, if you will. She certainly won't get a fair go legally, and they could potentially come after her in many ways if she was to stay in America. There she is living in Moscow. And I asked her a really easy question What's it like living there? Is it as bad as they would have us? believe, like what they say about North Korea. No, it's wonderful. It reminds me of where I grew up in America in the 80s. Any of you who are old enough to remember what life was like in the 80s, wow. Wow. Does that sound like a place you wouldn't want to live? But no, there's Vladimir Zelensky saying the exact opposite, that we are the, the, the freedom makers no, all they are is a bunch of takers. They want like to take over. They want all the money. They are certainly working at the behest of their masters. And as for freedom, why don't you tell that, Vlad, why don't you tell that to the fathers and sons that you're picking off the street and sending to the front lines to be killed, to be killed. They won't last five seconds there. And all of these Bushmaster um, tanks or vehicles that we're sending over, many of the uh, tanks coming from America, many of the other weapons coming from all parts of the Western world, uh, simply going to attract drones and artillery strikes to these people who don't even want to be fighting, who would be more than happy to be taken back into the Russian fold and certainly not be uh, risking their lives and, more importantly, the lives of their family to go and support a rich man's assets somewhere on the other side of the world. And it was recently said in America, believe it or not, I kid you not, and um, I I wasn't going to talk about this, otherwise I'd have his name, but a politician over in America went and said publicly, if we don't get this funding, it'll get to the point where we will have to send your son or your daughter over to fight this war instead. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine anything more horrific than, A, having your kids go and fight a war that is about nothing but money, Pretty much like most wars, and to have them at risk, and not just be at risk, but to be fighting for what I consider and what many would consider to be the wrong side. Could you imagine anything worse? Absolutely not. I would pack up my son and and send him with a tent into the hills. Absolutely, that wouldn't happen. If you're going to uh, threaten us if you're going to have a, an actual enemy threaten us, our integrity and everything uh, that we we cherish, yeah, sure, we'll all get up and, and fight and have a go. But until then, if it's only about a rich man's assets and sending us to the last to defend that, well, you know what you can do? And I think Elon Musk said it very well for his advertisers. And I send that out to all the governments that would have us go and fight wars that we do not wish to be a part of and certainly to send not just our money, but money that we are borrowing that we shall forever by the looks of it, be paying interest rates on and a debt that we will pass on to our children and possibly worse. Now, at TNT Radio, we never go home. We are committed to bringing you our take on the biggest topics of our time. We broadcast live 24-7, online, globally, no matter what. And we've got you covered here at TNT Radio.
0: Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's news talk radio, TNT.
1: Yeah, I, I could imagine nothing worse than, you know, and we've done it historically, conscripted people to go to go and fight. And it's one thing to go and fight a war that you're on side with. You don't need to be conscripted to do that. Remember our our young blokes back in the first and second world war, they'd lie about their age leave their home, and you couldn't stop them. Their own parents couldn't stop them from wanting to go and defend their countries. These days, we've got people like Vladimir Zelensky, you know, not just conscripting, but literally dragging, you know, uh, any men of fighting age off the street, putting them on the front line, you know, barely armed, if that, only to be killed. And all I see is, and all I can think of, and I don't care what side, you're on the Russians or the Ukrainians, is all these good people, young people who are now dead. And that is horrific. That is always the worst casualty. But know those who have the money, that's what it's all about. Zelensky is a puppet who has outlived his usefulness, covering up US deep state crimes and money laundering in the Ukraine. I wouldn't be surprised if he is killeried. Yes, some of you know what that means. Before too long, uh, that one coming from Chris in the online chat and ads. Biden said it, strings pulled by Obama absolutely it is a bit like weekend at Bernie's uh always at this time of the hour I get to chat to the wonderful and talented Gemma Cooper hey Gemma how are you
2: Yes, well, I mean, we discussed this yesterday, didn't we? Because the uh, UK Defence Secretary uh, yesterday was going to announce his big package of measures to support Ukraine. The UK yesterday announced they were deploying two mine hunter ships into the Black Sea to help Ukraine strengthen its uh, military prowess there. I mean, and it's millions of pounds of taxpayers' money in the UK. Again, in lockstep, as you rightly allude to, what happens in America, Australia, UK, it's all the big globalist playbook, and, you know, it's our money, which we we didn't give them mission to be sent to Ukraine. So, yeah, it, it's all continuing pace. definitely.
1: Yeah, it's even worse. I mean, not only are we in lockstep, they've actually given it a name, AUKUS. I mean, they're out there. They admit it freely, you know, that we are. We're in lockstep. We're fighting wars that have nothing to do with any of them. We are in immense, almost, I would argue, unpayable amounts of debt because I don't see our economies improving as time goes by. And here they are with with each government increasing our debt. And they talk about, and I'll say it again, billions, the way we used to talk about millions. And I mean, how many countries in the black? We haven't been in the black here for decades or in Australia. And I would suggest we probably won't be for another 100 years or until something rather historic or monumental occurs.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's the same for, you know, western countries around around the world, you know, the debt is propping up the whole system, isn't it? It's all complete inversion and, you know, the ones paying for it, of course, with our energy and our taxes, we're at the bottom propping the whole thing up and we didn't even ask for it in the first place. So, this one's going to run and run and run dean it really is. But uh Let's see. Let's see what happens to Zelensky, like you uh, alluded to just then. Um, but I've got a story to bring to the table at this top of this hour, breaking story. Seems I'm having a bit of an international slant. We talked about that story in Japan at the top of the yeah. last hour. And there's a story that's uh, just breaking out of France, actually, um, this morning. Obviously, it's this morning in the UK and it's this morning in France. I know it's the afternoon in Australia, but this is one I think that really illustrates where we are with the tensions running high in the world at the moment as the, a result of the Middle East. Eastern crisis but there's a crisis in French schooling um, and it is serious. Uh, The government have been called in on this. Uh, Muslim parents complained um, after being kind of fired up by pupils actually. Um, It was after an art teacher showed a 17th century Renaissance painting to a class of students aged around 12 to 13 and there were uh, nude women in the painting. It's a Renaissance painting. It's a, quite a beautiful painting, uh, but it sparks such a furor that staff at the Jacques Cartier Centre in Paris have now walked out in fear of their lives. Um, the painting that's caused the controversy is Diana and Actaeon, and it's by a 17th century artist called Giuseppe Cesari. And it's based on a Greek myth of Diana bathing with her nymphs in a pool and the hunter, uh, hunter Actaeon Acta, Actaeon, <laughs> excuse me, bursting in on them, you know, bursting in on the on yeah. the nudes as they as they bathe. So this painting, it's it's a 17th century painting. It's not particularly pornographic, but they're nude and you can see their breasts and their nipples. It was shown to the class. Uh, the, t- the pupils said that they f- were shocked and they averted their eyes. But it's caused a whole row because um, the pupils started circulating the name of the teacher on social media and claimed she'd made racist remarks, anti Islamic remarks, possibly. Um, and the whole thing went absolutely viral. And the teachers have walked out uh, because they're now in fear of their lives. They're in fear of their lives. Because on Friday, a court in France convicted six teenagers for their role in the killing of the teacher uh, Samuel Paté. He was stabbed and beheaded in 2020. You may remember this story because allegedly he'd shown the cartoon in the magazine Charlie Hebdo of the Prophet Muhammad. This yeah. caused a huge uh, story globally. Um, and he, that was stoked on social media by teenagers, and he was stabbed and beheaded outside the school where he worked. Teachers in France are now worried because of circulating rumors on social media started by pupils, Islamist pupils, uh, that they are now facing the same dangers. In fact, in October as well, a radical Islamist stabbed his former teacher in the northern French town of Arras. So at the moment, teachers are worried. They're worried this is going to go the same way. Tensions are running high in France anyway. It's a country with high levels of immigration. It's a country with high levels of social division. Um, So the education secretary in France has been called in. And he said, if if we get these pupils who've been circulating these rumours, they will absolutely be disciplined. But it's just an example of how tensions are running high and how social media can inflame a situation. We're talking about a renaissance painting in an art class. You know, it, that's the job of the teacher is to teach the pupils about art. But no, there's nude women on it. The pupils were not ma- allegedly were shocked. One parent, Muslim parent has now complained and that's led to this whole escalation Of this issue, which uh, this is another issue which is absolutely not going to go away. The teachers walked out yesterday. Whether or not they go back into the classroom today remains to be seen. The teacher, the art teacher, is allegedly in fear of her life and is completely staying away.
1: No, it really is horrific. And uh, for those thinking this will get better, it won't, it will only get worse. And unfortunately, for those thinking that it couldn't escalate into, at some point, let's be honest, a religious war. In in the in Europe, we've already had that happen in Bosnia, you know, so I just wonder at what point are we going to say enough is enough, we're going to step up and say it's our country and we're going to play by our rules, and if you don't like it, you know, I, I think it's only fair that we have a culture that can be cohesive, and if you can't get along with that, I don't understand why people wish to go to any country, any country in the world, uh, including us going somewhere else. If I'm going to emigrate, you know, to a country... I'm going to play by their rules. I wouldn't dream for a second, but if I take enough people like me, does that mean that I can just go and drag my culture and override theirs? I would think that isn't gonna be the case. But if I was going to do that, I would expect pushback um, if I was to do that. And unfortunately, um, as numbers um, increase and ratios get more and more even, that will be the case in the future. I really do worry about what the kids are gonna have to uh, contend with in 10, 20, 30 years. I mean, do you succumb? Do you comply or do they fight? Because I think that's where it's going. None of us want to see it come to that, but I can't help but uh, say that is what is coming in many countries across Europe and around the world. And um we need to hit these immigration figures uh, on you know on the head. And not again, it's not racist. But it is about a clash of cultures and where there are incompatible cultures, um, it's only going to cause problems. But I would suggest those behind the push for mass immigration, I don't ever think somebody in the UK back in the 50s or 60s or someone here in Australia said, you know, what we need is, you know, a bunch of, you know, conflicting cultures in this country. I think it was thrust upon us i think it was put upon us to set the the cat amongst the pigeons as it were knowing full well where this would end i think it's it's some form of attack and what they'll do rather than um, try and allow us to be cohesive and get along i think there are forces that work behind the scenes stirring the pot and trying to cause problems
2: and what's interesting about this is the pot was stirred by the pupils um and i wonder if you know it's a case of you know 12 and 13 year olds you remember being that age you don't understand the consequences of your actions and then then you, then when it escalates you think oh my goodness me i you know i've gone to gone too far here so i wonder if it was you know initially let's give it the benefit of the doubt that these 12 13 year olds saw this picture and thought oh you know i can create a bit of a storm here and uh, you know look at me i'm i'm going to i'm going to make a complaint and then of course with global tensions running so high um didn't realize that they lit the blue touch paper and this was where it was going to go. having said that one of the pupils parents a muslim parent then complained to the school and then that's, that's when the whole thing went a bit nuclear to, for want of a bit better expression. But today we have got in France a teacher in fear of their life. We have got a conviction on Friday in a French court of six teenagers convicted for their role in somebody who was beheaded, beheaded wow. outside their own school. Um, so you can see why this has escalated so quickly because it's got history, it's got previous with with Islam and, and a Western culture. Um, it's a very difficult one to call because is it a classroom prank that got out of hand or is it indicative of what you're talking about, which is this huge culture clash, which could escalate in full scale into something more serious in Europe?
1: Yeah, well, Gemma, I'd love to think I'm wrong. Uh, typically, that hasn't been the case, and I'm not saying that to big note myself. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to be the world's biggest idiot uh, and be wrong about everything. But unfortunately, um, I think you know a lot of us listening, I, I would suggest everybody listening, watching at the moment, uh, has similar views and is continually right themselves, and uh, like me, don't want to be right. Uh, Gemma, you're, you are always right. That's why we love having you on the program. I think you're terrific. And I'm looking forward to us having a chat again tomorrow here at TNT Radio.
0: Jeremy Nell on TNT Radio. Being South African, I know the situation, and it's incredibly dire. Basically, our farmers, mostly white, have been under attack for years and years and years, and when I say attack, I mean that physically, don't I?
3: Yes. um, Since the dawn of democracy in South Africa, since 1994, we had an average of uh, one farm attack every second day, Um, so it averaged Around uh, 175 to 190 farm attacks every year, and we had a farm murder on average every fifth day. Um, But over the last few months, both those numbers have picked up. Murders in other sectors of society are not accompanied by the same levels of brutality and torture as you will find in farm murders.
0: Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
4: God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 49. California
0: has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. So many people who had no history of heart illnesses have got it now or blood clotting after the COVID-19 vaccination. Punish those who hurt people with COVID madness.
1: Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. And we're about to light that use and allow you to have your say, we'd love you to do it. The phone number is, if you're in Australia, one eight hundred six seven zero three one zero. The number in the UK, I do not know off by heart, so I shall be referring to this for that one. It is 033-0024-103. 26. And the Aussie number again, one eight hundred six seven zero three one zero. if you'd like to have your say. The online chat, a lot's going on in there. Apparently, according to Chris, uh, France just let off nine Muslim invaders for raping a 15-year-old girl over a three-hour period. Absolutely horrific. We used to get it right when it came come to that. Remember Bilal Scaff and Co? Wow, didn't they go down for a long time? Absolutely phenomenal what that outcome was, but certainly doesn't seem to be the case over in France at the moment. And God forbid they should do it. Could you imagine the writing, the looting that might ensue if they did the right thing politically? Because couldn't do that, could do. That might be racist. And it's all about getting justice But no, apparently that's not always the case these days. It'd be nice if we could go back to that. Uh, One fighting-aged insurgent is worth eight Indigenous Europeans because four out of five migrants will fight fiercely, but four out of five Indigenous, uh, too cravenly indolent, to defend at all this is coming from seb dangerfield in the on um, online chat um what else um indolent to defend at all uh uk has gone the same way as the red squirrel it's all over bar the shouting and many people are saying um you know when it comes to uh incompatible cultures and which way your culture if your culture's gone your country's gone and some people are saying already that the, the uk and france have fallen and um quite possibly right. I don't know. Um, You know, some people will say we've been too quiet for too long, despite the fact that we could see where a lot of things were were heading. And again, uh, not good outcomes and not good outcomes, no matter which um, group you belong to or groups you belong to, you would think that all groups would just want to get along and have better outcomes for their children moving forward. One would hope that would be the case, but certainly that doesn't seem to be. Um, My producer, Lee, and many other people up in far north Queensland uh, have for days now been battening down the hatches as this cyclone jasper, tropical cyclone jasper. And it looks horrific. I was having a look at the weather radar. And if you get a chance, stop in radar loop cans, C-A-I-R-N-S for those not in Australia, and have a look at this horrific looking thing over to the east heading our way, heading in a westerly direction towards the coast of northern Australia, up up in northern Queensland. In fact, the far tip up there, and it looks horrific. It's um, not a storm in a teacup, I'm led to believe, that we quite often get um, these uh, clickbait weather announcements. Like, I've lived, I'm currently in a place that floods up to my waist twice last year, it's horrific, but nowhere near as horrific as if you're in Lismore, where I could be standing on the roof of a two-story house and still be eight feet under the water. That's far more horrific. I do get it. But when anything threatens your your home, your family, your, your belongings, your pets, any of that, it is really horrific. You really do um, come under a tremendous amount of psychological pressure. And despite the fact that you might have insurance. And some people could say, we'll just we'll just go and let the insurance company deal with it. No, there are many aspects of that you just don't want to deal with. You, it's your home, you don't ever want it invaded in any way, shape, or form by aforementioned things, or certainly by aspects of the weather and uh, as they would have us believe, climate change, despite the fact that you know we've been having these cyclones in Australia historically for thousands of years, just like if you're in the middle of America. And you get those rotten tornadoes and aren't they horrific? But they've adapted. They've learned to live with them. They've all got their storm shelters. They get underground and close the hatches and hide out there while it passes and just hope that the truck doesn't and the cows don't get, you know, taken up into the tornado. But it's amazing what we can get used to. But there are certain things, nature, that we must contend with. Why? Because it's nature. You can't beat nature. But there are other things that we, I wouldn't say we're doing to ourselves. But if you've remained quiet while certain aspects of your life are changed, are engineered, and are engineered in such a way that it will be absolutely uh, counter to what you want to happen moving forward, and you don't say anything and you don't do anything, are you not complicit through that rank cowardice? It was described as the other day, gee, I really don't like this and it could actually lead to relatives of mine in generations literally being killed or having to fight, you know, maybe a civil war and they can do that because I didn't want to be called a name. Really? Have we really gotten that weak? It's a shame. I mean, the only reason that I did this, that I got into radio at all was because I had an opinion and I thought, well, I can go out and say it to everybody I know. That's not enough, nor is it enough if you only say it to those you know. And certainly it's not enough if you only say it to those who agree with you. I remember when I was running for the United Australia Party and before that One Nation, when I would talk to people, I'd talk to rooms full packed for the rafters. That's where I met Senator Malcolm Roberts. That's where we become friends. We were campaigning throughout New South Wales, despite the fact that he's a Queensland Senator. He was down here. We did quite a few um, uh, meetings together And um, him and I agreed. We said, what's the point of preaching to the converted? And we asked people in subsequent meetings to bring somebody else and not somebody else who would agree with us, somebody else who may either disagree or had no opinion. More importantly, those who had no opinion at all, because how can can you have an opinion if you are not yet shown that which is true? You're not going to hear it. You're not going to see it in the mainstream media. So if you can't rely on your friends, you certainly need to choose to go to a meeting, perhaps get people to tune in to places such as this here, TNT Radio. As we get to the news headlines, on the other side of that, I'll be talking to Alicia Rose. Stick around. This is TNT Radio. Hey.
0: I got news for you. TNT Radio News. It's, it's about time. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. Washington has defended its decision to block the UN Security Council from calling for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza, saying the White House will never support a complete truce so long as Hamas is alive. A missile has struck a Norwegian-flagged ship in the Red Sea, causing a fire on board. And a senior Ukrainian commander claims Russian troops are now attacking Ukrainian positions on all fronts. Acknowledging the situation in the country's east remains difficult why not give tnt radio a follow we're on all major social platforms including facebook twitter instagram gab and getter help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's news talk tnt radio tnt radio
1: and welcome back to the program we've had a a rather lengthy discussion already on the on my program this afternoon about the ndis and certain aspects of it um the fact that i love some aspects of it others where there are rorts and whatnot um, really do need to be looked into. But at the end of the day, I just see some wonderful outcomes. I see some people that really do um, have their lives impacted by disabilities and they're being helped. And when you see a smile from ear to ear on their faces, it really is worth it. Um, But we're going to have a chat, a different perspective this time uh, with Alicia Rose, A psychologist fighting abuse in youth detention, clinical practice consultant also with 15 kids at AYDC right now with three serving a sentence, the rest on remand. Alicia was a Tasmanian youth psychologist um, as she appeared on 60 Minutes, exposing the systematic abuse of kids in the detention centres where she has worked for many years down in Tasmania. Alicia, Rose, how are you?
3: I'm well, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm excellent. It really is horrific. You know, when you hear about you know kids being abused, and um, I mean, the first thing you ask is why does it happen? How do we fix it? And it's something that you have to contend with um, as part of what you do. It must be rather horrific and soul destroying to have to to watch.
3: It is. That soul destroying is. I think the the appropriate phrase. It's um it's awful, and all we can do is is keep um trying to safeguard kids as much as we can and hope that other people do the same but it doesn't always go that way of course
1: now um tell us give us a couple of of examples if you can of some of the you know the stories that you've become aware of and uh, hopefully some terrific outcomes i, I would hope um... oh
3: um unfortunately i can't give you much in terms of terrific outcomes yet but um at my at the detention center at ashley youth detention center in tasmania unfortunately Uh, it became very clear very quickly that there was significant sexual abuse being perpetrated by staff against the children. Wow. So we've actually just gone through a three-year commission of inquiry into uh, child sexual abuse in government institutions. Um, The report is horrendous. Um, I'm very hopeful it will lead to change, but I'm not sure that um, we have the right foundations in place yet.
1: It must be very painful when, as you said, I mean, you learn of this abuse, and then we're talking three years later, the investigation is still going on. Um, Are there mechanisms in place where claims are made, where these people are separated, they're taken out out of the workforce for a while, while we can investigate? I mean, is there anything even like that, or are the wheels just very slow to turn when it comes to these type of claims?
3: It's a very good question certainly when i was making mandatory reports about my colleagues being alleged child sex offenders um they were left on site which was a source of extraordinary distress for me i think leaving work each day with the kids locked in with offenders um who have now been confirmed to be very long-term and prolific child sex offenders in tasmania um was It was, uh, I've never felt so helpless in my life. Um, As a result of the commission's work, currently there are 74 um, state servants in Tasmania that have been stood down for child sexual abuse allegations.
1: Did you say 74?
3: Correct. Wow. That That is not including the people who have resigned as a result of facing allegations and it's not including um any of the enablers or the people that have not reported appropriately so it's it's a very very bleak situation in tassie right now and um i hope with all my heart that the it is um handled appropriately from this point forward but i i'm yeah there's not i haven't seen I haven't seen any sign yet of um, really good intention in that space, which is deeply concerning.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see when you're talking, I mean, just how concerned you are and how aggravating that must be to um, want a result, to try and get a result, to fight for a result, and then just to have it drag on for so long. Um, 74, that number is horrific. I'd like to think it's not, but I have to ask the question, do you believe that's indicative um, on a per capita basis of what's happening in other states of Australia?
3: no no i think um that obviously um we know from from research that child sex offending is largely it is underreported and it is a an extraordinary extraordinarily big problem in australia uh but if you look at the numbers um per capita it's an extraordinary it's an extraordinary figure um you know we're only and they were only looking at people within a sort of 25,000 person state Service, so that's sort of less than one in 250 is an alleged pedophile which is unbelievable
1: now something i've got to ask and i'm guessing a lot of the people listening or watching would would be thinking themselves um it's easy to say when you see a convicted you know pedophile oh he looks creepy or you know they look creepy um i would have picked them a mile off always easy to say afterwards now knowing And obviously we'll talk in general, we can't be specific, um, but in general, were there a bunch of these people who you believe, we'll just say believe to be guilty at this point, um, who you would have picked or do some just absolutely come out of left field and you think, wow, I can't believe that person would be capable of that?
3: It's really funny that you should say that. Well, it's not funny, but you know what I mean? Um,
1: Ironic,
2: yeah. I,
3: I recently said to someone that, you know, I've spent my whole career telling people that child sex offenders are not they just look like you and i and you know they're they're just normal people or appear to be normal people that just was not and is not the case at the ashley youth detention center they i was struck almost immediately when i uh started there by how brazenly um awful and cruel these people were to the children in our care and i was also struck by how they appeared, uh, they are scary individuals. There is, um, there was one, there was one that surprised me uh, and the rest were unfortunately, I mean, it's always shocking to learn that people in offices on either side of you are are alleged child sex offenders. But um, I, by the point, at the point that it was confirmed and I learnt the full extent of their offending over the last 20 odd years, I was not
1: surprised. Now, I would hope to think that this isn't the case, but I I firmly believe this. I've said, you know, if you're somebody and you want to be a bit cooler, go make some cool friends, you know. Uh, Hang around those, associate with those who will bring you up and disassociate yourself with those who will drag you down. I think that's good and I think it works. I think it's almost a mathematical equation as far as accuracy. I would hate to think that the one person that you didn't pick because of that culture being so widespread in there and them seeing that all around them, started to believe it was normal for them to do it based on what was happening around them. I would hate to think that was the case because if that is the case, this is very much a disease that spreads, if that Uh, is the case.
3: It is. It is. And uh, we had, you know, six weeks of public hearings. There is a 4,000-odd page uh, commission report that has been released. Uh, It all... All the details are horrendous, but what is extremely clear is that it is a systemic issue. It has been occurring for over hundred years at that detention center. There are there is a class action underway at the moment. There's 161 plaintiffs um, as victim survivors of sexual abuse at that center. It's I do believe that it's such a closed institution in a very remote um small part of Tasmania and it has become normalised to abuse children there.
1: Wow. Well, it, it really is difficult to believe. And the worst part is, I mean, no matter how much compensation you get on, in a monetary form, it, it's never, ever going to be enough. You Absolutely. cannot fix it. I've, I know so many people who were regular callers to me when I used to do talkback radio um, yeah. who would tell, you know, um, many of whom our listeners know because they, they, quite come, they come out, they tell us. And it's just horrific what happened to them, but they never get over it. Mm -hmm. Um, It, it, You know, I guess the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes, it's made some very strong people, but other people aren't like that. Other people, it breaks them. It can lead to suicide. It can lead to them becoming offenders when they're older, some of them. It's really horrific. It It really is. is.
3: It is very, very distressing. And I think the most... The most difficult thing for me to reconcile, particularly at this end of things with all the evidence being there in black and white, is that it's still open. Wow. Um, there are kids there right now. And uh, the commission president, who is a, uh, a highly esteemed Supreme Court judge, Marcia Neave, said in her closing remarks that this centre needed to be closed as a matter of urgency and if it was not, children will continue to be abused there and uh, the Tasmanian government has said that they will try to close it by 2026.
1: Well, I mean, that's still, you know, two and a bit years. Of abuse that's probably still taking place as we speak. Now yeah. we'll get to, we'll get to a break shortly, and after the break, what I want to talk about is uh, protocols like OpCat, and I'd love for you to explain to people what that is, what that means, and uh, whether you think uh, you know where, where that's going to lead. I would love to do that. So what we'll do we'll go to a break now because I'd love like to talk at length about that if you have time.
3: Of course, no worries.
1: All right, we're with Alicia Rose, and you're watching TNT or listening. We'll be back right after this break.
0: Give me a minute, with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. They say that everybody has a podcast these days, and I recently found out that Roseanne Barr has one, so I guess it's true. Now, I soured on Roseanne when she did this at a Padres game back in 1990. Well, here she is 33 years later on a podcast, hers, with none other than Tucker Carlson.
2: Greetings, Earthlings. Welcome to the
4: Roseanne Barr podcast. I got a good one today. I got the guest of all guests. How do you feel about Trump saying he would consider you for vice oh, president? Oh, gosh, I
0: don't. Know. <laughs> I put that in the category of asteroid striking the Earth, good or bad. It's so far out the side outside of my control that I... I mean, I'm flattered. Yeah, it is flattering, isn't it? For sure, but I mean, it's hard to, you know, I've never been in politics, I've never.
4: Would you ever do it?
0: Would I accept?
4: Yeah, if you really asked. you. I have to think about that. Um,
0: I mean, I spent my whole life looking at politicians and commenting on them and passing judgment on them, and I've never run for, you know, room mother. And so the idea of that is so far from anything I've ever done, it's kind of hard even to imagine. I didn't hear the word no, did you? Thanks, Roseanne. And thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT Radio Vision. The thing that drives me every day as a dad is him. Every day he's hungry for something. And there's this huge responsibility in making sure that he's a good person. I think the advice I would give is you don't need to know all the answers. It's okay to make mistakes. As long as it's coming from love, then it kind of starts to work itself out. This is The Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio TNT.
1: And welcome back to the program, everybody. I didn't realise I had a third page on my run sheet today, so I'll have to quickly wind up with Alicia Rose, who's absolutely wonderful. But this OPCAT protocol, it's an optional protocol to the Convention Against Torture. It's an international agreement. And just quickly, um, Alicia, if you could just tell us about that and if you think it's going to be uh, a help to uh, situations like we're experiencing down there in Tasmania.
3: Yeah, look, it's um it's a really important um convention, of course. It um it is uh stands up for people's human rights and opposes torture or cruel treatment, um particularly regarding people who are detained, um, and even more so when they're children who are detained. Uh we are signatories um to it and we are obligated to uphold uh the protocol, um, but certainly at my workplace, actually, detention centre, they have not, and it was actually raised at uh, at the UN in Geneva at the end of last year as being in breach of the OPCAT Convention uh, and accused of torturing children, and wow. it still remains open.
1: Well. Wow. Anyway, at the end of the day, all I can do is thank you, Alicia Rose, for what it is that you're doing for those kids. You are you're changing lives, you're improving lives, you're getting outcomes. And, of course, there will be children who will never, ever be abused because of the work you're doing. I think that is beyond tremendous. I right, thank you for your time and Very hopefully much. we can do it again here at TNT. Thank you. Take at, care.
3: That's
1: Alicia Rose, everybody. And we're going to go straight to Dr. Peter Kidd. And I do apologise Dr. Peter Kidd, I didn't realise I had a third page on my run sheet today, and he's somebody I very much want to talk to, an Australian physicist, an author, a former professor at James Cook University up in North Queensland. He argues that warnings that the Great Barrier Reef is at risk from man-made climate change, by places like UNESCO are flawed, and that the data of the reef um, shows that it's in the best condition it's been since records began. I keep hearing that, but only from intelligent people such as Peter Ridd, who's terrific, mate, and thank you for coming on the program today.
4: My pleasure. Thanks.
1: Hey, we we keep getting you know inundated with all these horror stories. We're going to lose the reef. You know the uh, North Pole is going to flood. I even saw a, a kid's Christmas show where Santa said you know that the North Pole was going to go unless we did something. These absolute horror stor- stories. They're going after the kids. are going after our psyche. And but what they don't like to do is look at historical data. Something that you are very much across. And I'd love you to tell us about how well the reef is doing. In fact.
4: Well, the uh, Australian Institute of Marine Science surveys the reef every year. They look at about 100 of the 3,000 reefs. They tow a diver over 1,000 kilometres underwater, which is an incredible job. And they survey the coral to look at how much coral is on the, on the, the reefs. And this year and last year, we've never actually had more coral than in the last two years uh, since records began in nineteen eighty five. So this is wonderful news. Now, In 2012, or was it 2011, the reef hit a low point because we lose a lot of uh, coral in cyclones, like we've got a cyclone right now, as you know, Dean, Uh, and it will quite likely um, smash a a bit of, of coral. It's not a particularly big cyclone, so it won't do too much damage. So we went through a low point. Um, we're now at the highest point. And the funny thing is that in the last six years, we've had these bleaching events, which the, the so called scientists have been going on about, and how it's so that proves that we didn't lose much coral in these bleaching events, which went right around the world. Everybody told us um, they were terrible, but they clearly weren't.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those stories we keep hearing. I remember that uh, there was a group that was funded several million dollars um, by the government to go and investigate all of this, suggesting that there might have been a real problem. And in fact, as you reported, the opposite happens to be the truth. Why do we keep hearing in the media that the reef is under under attack from all sorts of climate issues and whatnot? And um, are they going to be quiet now that this data is coming out, or are they just going to keep on with the same old narrative?
4: They just ignore the data when it's good they're using this crazy argument at the moment oh it's the wrong type of coral you know <laughs> I mean, it's the most beautiful type of coral as it turns out but yeah. but remember that with these scare stories about the reef have been going on since the 1960s so before even the climate uh uh sort of change scare started to happen so scientists have been pretty badly unreliable not all of them obviously but the major institutions have got a vested interest in. Making sure everybody believes that the reef is is badly damaged. A lot of those scientists and marine biologists who are very emotional, so they, um, I don't think they're they're looking at the data in an objective way. But I also think that more and more people are starting to see that this really, um, you know, this isn't really fair income anymore. That 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 you, it's difficult to actually trust what some of these scientists are saying on these climate and also Great Barrier Reef issues and other things.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, how long has the reef historically, I mean, do we have any kind of numbers to suggest, I mean, how long it's been there historically?
4: Well, it's been around for about a million years, um, but it's not there all the time. So during the last ice age, 18,000 years ago, um, the sea level was 120 metres lower and the Great Barrier Reef, instead of being 3,000 of these flat top underwater plateaus, was 3,000 hills out there on the continental shelf, wow. and then the sea level rose, and those hills became 3,000 islands, and then eventually it covered all those coral reefs, and now we've got 3,000 reefs, and it's been in this state for very roughly about 10,000 years. In fact, the sea level's fallen by about one metre since 5,000 years ago, um, so it comes and it goes as the sea level goes up and down. Look, it's it's seen far larger climate changes than you know the little half a degree increase we've had in the last you know say uh, 60 or 70 years or whatever
1: so it's pretty easy to tell just from what you've said i mean a it's been around historically basically forever it's going to be around by the sounds of it forever so when you get people like chris bowen uh you know and they're they're doing the whole cop 28 thing the whole you know all these paris climate targets and whatnot is it fair to say that they're they're just peddling this to get some some money to uh, push their renewable agenda? Would that be a fair statement or is that just my take on it?
4: I, I think the Great Barrier Reef is used for exactly that. You see, it's it's a it's a brilliant thing to use. Firstly, it's beautiful. Uh, secondly, a lot of coral occasionally dies. There's no doubt about it. A huge cyclone can wipe out, you know, a third of the cyclone <laughs> of the coral almost on the, you know, whole third of the Great Barrier Reef sort of thing. It's also underwater. So nobody, can, almost nobody actually sees any of it. If you were saying that some great big uh, mountain range behind Sydney had now no trees on it because it had all been killed by climate change. Everybody would look at it and say, "But I can see that there's <laughs> trees on it. That yeah, must yeah. be wrong." But you can say it about the Great Barrier because it's underwater. Nobody sees more than a tiny fraction of it. So, and you know, the data sometimes looks pretty bad because it goes through these big cycles of boom and bust. So they can get away with the uh, essentially bogus information i won't call it lies uh and therefore it's it's used as a story to to demonstrate that the, the, the climate change is a real problem where in fact corals if anything they'd like they, for corals an extra degree or two especially here where the water's cooler than it is on the equator an extra degree or two is a good thing there's no there's no ifs no buts about that corals grow faster in warmer water
1: it's amazing. You know. I mean, I grew up in a school uh, where they taught us, you know, uh, CO2 was a good thing. I thought CO2 was a good thing. I thought it kept the planet green. It kept it hel- healthy and lush, if you will. And likewise, you've just said a couple of degrees extra and the reef, reef will thrive. Yet here they are pushing this narrative. I love the point that you made, the fact that, I mean, A, that you can't see it. Be it something that we regard as part of Australian, you know, it's like a, you know, the eighth wonder of the world. As far as we're concerned, it's it's amazing, and but they don't have to prove it because you know, I'm not going to go and and done some uh, snorkel and to go and have a look. I take. Um, my information from people such as yourself. Fortunately, I don't listen to Channel 9 and Channel 10 and, and get it from there. But, um, I mean, historically, that doesn't stop them anyway. I mean, have a look at the fact that they're trying to convince us that the oceans would rise. There was Al Gore saying that, you know, it would be up to my chin living on a coastal lake here in Australia. That didn't pan out. But then again, you can download some photos of Fort Denison in Sydney Harbour from the late 1800s and see the high water mark hasn't changed over
4: 140 years. No, exactly. I mean, the sea level is another one and, you know, even if it does rise by a millimetre or two a year, it's going to take, you know, three or 400 years at the very least to rise by a metre. It's not until it gets over a metre above what it is now that it's really going to be any any problem. And you can certainly put coastal defences the way the Dutch have done. I mean, Holland has been falling, lots of parts of Scandinavia have been rising. You know, these, these things have been going up and down since forever you can deal with moderate changes in, in water level and they are really very, very small at the moment. But coming back to this point about the reef, you know, I was at, going out to the reef and on a, on a tourist boats and this guy was saying, you know, the reef we're taking you to is really great. And it was, it was absolutely wonderful. But he was saying, but he's pretty sure that further north, the reef is really, you know, uh, totally buggered. <laughs> but it's not actually. Yeah. And this is the point because he's only looking at one small part of the reef and he knows his part of the reef is great. But he's still convinced by all these scientific organisations that, well, somewhere else must be really bad shape, even though his part of the reef was undoubtedly good because he could see it, but he couldn't see those other bits to be able to prove, no, that's wrong.
1: It's very timely because, I mean, and I do realise that it's further north. But I mean, you know, you get these cyclones off the coast of, of Eastern Australia all the time, and as you said, can be very damaging to coral. And if, if that was the case, if that cyclone we've got coming in now is, you know, going to hit the reef, it won't. But if it was to, they they wouldn't attribute that to the cyclone. They'd go and say, it's what we're doing uh, and rolling forward. It reminds me very much of the last three years when the actual experts, those that had empirical evidence, historical data, were ignored and they go after their experts, those who push their agenda. Do you find it difficult, Dr. Peter Ridd, to um to get your point across, being as accurate and um and professional as you are over these other horror stories that they, they try and pedal for clickbait and what what else in the media?
4: Yeah, I mean the ABC I know has blackbanded. me. I've been told that by an ABC journalist. So they will not cover any of the stuff that I, I talk about, the Ruth. They regard what I'm saying is just so bit past the pale that I'm a spreader of disinformation. So when I say the, the reef's doing well because it's got record high coral, I'm not even allowed to, to, to make the point. Now, you would have think that that's almost like the end of the story. Record high coral must be a good thing. But no, um, none of those uh, outlets wants to know about that because it goes against essentially the ideology that they're pushing.
1: Now, something I have to do. Maybe it's a bit of tourism, if you will. You're obviously somebody who is extremely passionate about the Great Barrier Reef, as well. Um, for all of us who have never visited, um, give us a bit of a sales pitch. I mean, I mean, do we need to get up there? Is it really that wonderful? Do we? Is it something you would recommend that we do?
4: Ah, uh, yeah, it, it is. I mean, you'll only have, you'll only see a tiny little fraction of it. You'll see, you know, maybe an acre of reef, and the reef is as big as Victoria, right? So well, you only see a little patch. And there'll probably be a whole bunch of tourists with you. But, you know, it's really, if you get it out on a good day when the sun is shining and uh, you get, there's lots of fish there, there's always lots of fish where you'll go. Look, it's, it's a place you've just got to go and see once. It's like you've got to go to Ayers Rock, preferably climate, even though you can't do that anymore. But there's some <laughs> things you've just got to do once. Go and see the Great Barrier Reef. Go to John Brewer Reef off Townsville. Go to Moore Reef off Cairns. Go to one of the reefs off the Whitsunday Islands. Um, it's really a great trip. Now,
1: now that we know, and it's very predictable that because again you are someone who uh, speaks the truth, and it's very difficult to get your uh, word out, the truth out in the mainstream media. And for those listening and loving what you're saying, um, how can they find you about the place? I'm guessing on social media or the internet.
4: Yeah, we have a we have a couple of things called Reef Rebels. So uh, Reef Rebels, just uh, type that in. There's a there's a YouTube, there's a Facebook. We put videos up. Once every couple of weeks uh, on not just reef things, but also general science issues where we think, you know, some science is brilliant and some science is broken. So we look at both sides of, of that on a range of issues at the moment, but we do focus a bit on the reef.
1: Well, mate, thank you for um, bringing all of that to light. I think, uh, Dr. Peter Reid, the work that you're doing is terrific. I, I love your, your bravery. I love that you put the truth above a pay packet as well, uh, having people such as the ABC black banning the truth. The truth, uh, uh, it doesn't get you very far these days, but it certainly lets you sleep very well at night, does it, it not, doesn't. Dr.
4: Peter Reid? It doesn't. Thanks very much.
1: Oh, thank you for for being on the program. Everybody, check him out online, an absolute champion, Dr Peter Ridd. Uh, those who uh, who spread the truth are those that we need in the media. And wouldn't it be nice to think there will be come a time when in the media, that's exactly all we hear. And uh, here they are peddling misinformation and disinformation bills. And the only casualties of that are, in fact, the truth you'll hear a lot of truth coming up the wonderful Katie Hopkins coming up after this so stick around uh, and if you're not yet watching get on YouTube or rumble check out the TNT radio live stream and if you don't have a smart TV get an Apple TV plug it in and off you go I'll catch you the same time tomorrow here on TNT radio